quick announcement before uh, Greg gets going. This sun, not this, not today, but next Sunday, uh, Central Baptist Church and another few churches in the area, they're organizing just a time to pray, just a prayer service uh, on Sunday night next week at Central Baptist, um, just to pray for the elections. I don't know what all is planned, but basically it's just a prayer night. Uh, for the elections coming up, and so um, if you are interested in going, I would encourage it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to even be in town. I may be, we may be going to Emily's for Sunday and Monday. That day. I'm not sure yet, but um, would love for to see as many people could, that, that can can go over there and just pray on Sunday night. Um, that's coming up next Sunday. Well, let's pray, and then we'll get started for today. Father, we are grateful for another opportunity, a chance to slow down, a chance to read your word, an opportunity to understand ourselves better and understand you better. Father, open our hearts to our own weaknesses so that we can be flooded with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, This chapter, chapter 20, uh, his title on this, uh, Our Law-ish Hearts and His Lavish Heart, I kind of want to start there because it really sets the entire chapter. So when he says our law-ish heart, what does he mean? Don't we kind of use that phrase a lot, the ish? Right? We're saying something's kind of like it. It's, you know, it's ish. It's, and he's saying it's law-ish. Whoa. Let me ask some questions. And maybe it'll help you to work this through. Um, do we believe that our works save us? Okay. If anybody were to ask us outright, we're going to say, no, no. no our works don't say this. But what are our actions? Comes back to Galatians 3.3, 3, right? And Galatians 3.3 3, says, are you so foolish having begun by the spirit, you're now being perfected by the flesh? Um, and page 182, paragraph 2, he says, we function out of the subtle belief that our obedience strengthens the love of God. So we say we don't believe that our works save us. But do we believe that our works keep us close to God? That's the whole point of this chapter. It's everything that he talks about. Is the things that we do... Um, are we good at praying? Do we show up on Sunday mornings for Sunday school? Do we help set up? Do we go to home group? Do these things help me become closer to God? And we've, we've kind of talked about this off and on for the last three or four weeks. But he brings this from a verse, Galatians 3.10. We're going to spend some time in Galatians today, so... If you want to open to Galatians. Um, 
he, he draws this back to Galatians 3.10. Um, do we believe that our works keep us close to God? We want to say, no, we don't. But are we living practically as somebody who believes in works righteousness? So why is this a battle for us? If it's not a battle for you, I need to sit down and have dinner with you because you need to tell me your secret. Because I haven't figured this out yet. This chapter helps a little bit. But you're a whole lot farther along than me if you don't battle this. You don't get yourself saved, but you sure can keep yourself saved. Right? It's kind of the mentality behind it. But it didn't start with who raised us, or who raised them that raised us. Or where do we go wrong? Like, why do we not? Is it because we don't truly understand the love of God? He quotes John Newton on page 183. And, and this, is, this is where I think we're at. Um... It's, it's people before us have, have dealt with the same thing and the people before them have dealt with the same thing. And, and this is John Newton's words in March 1767. Are, are not you amazed sometimes that you should have so much as a hope that poor and needy as you are, the Lord thinks of you? But not let all you feel discouraged, not, not, let not all you feel discourage you. For if our physician is almighty, our disease can't be desperate. And if he casts none out that come to him, why should you fear? Our sins are many, but his mercies are more. Our sins are great, but his righteousness is greater. We are weak, but he is powerful. This is the hinge. Most of our complaints are owed to unbelief and the remainder of a legal spirit. And then he jumps to page 184. And this is kind of where we're at. This is where we're at. He says in the, the first full paragraph, he says, we don't see just how natural it is to us to operate out of works righteousness. This is natural to us. This is what... This is what comes natural. That's why we don't see it as a bad thing. In our, in our fallen nature, this is natural. This is what comes every day just if we let it flow. And that's why he ties it back to Galatians 3.10. For as many are as of the works of the law are under a curse. Now, he, he quotes from a different version. says, as we rely on the works of the law. Um, and he, he says that if you go back to the original Greek, this is kind of the phrase, as many as are of the works of the law. So are you of your works? <laughs> what does that mean? 
he spends a lot of time talking about this, and it's still as clear as mud sometimes. If you're of works, say that again. Is that where you're putting your faith? That's a really good way to put it. Is your faith in your works? And and, and this ties into Ephesians chapter 4. This ties into Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7. And to be honest, I'm I'm pulled in a couple of different ways here because we have to see the the big picture here. Because this is something that comes natural to us. We naturally draw to... Am I good enough? Something that was, a question was asked to me earlier this week, and I want to read my response because it kind of, he asked me a question that, that, that made me feel <laughs> guilty. And it should have, in a way, and I'm going to talk about this in just a second. But the question was, um, and it comes from Ephesians chapter 4, um, verse 1. It says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, exhort you to walk worthy of the calling with which you have been called. So the question that was given to me this week was, what distracts you from walking worthy? What, what distracts you from thinking worthy thoughts? And I really spent some time with this answer before I before I replied. And I want to read you what I said because this is this is my struggle when we talk about this this worksness. This is where I am. And I feel like some of you probably this is where you are. My what what are my distractions that keep me from being worthy? I can do it myself. Self-focus every day, every task, every interaction. My selfishness. My feelings come first. I want to feel full, and instead of getting my fullness from Christ, I try to fill it up myself, thinking I can do it, which makes myself feel more empty every time I try. I allow outside things to distract me. It's a battle I was fighting this morning when I started to think about political things and how I could do it better. When I'm reminded that God doesn't want me to do it better, He wants Christ and Him crucified proclaimed, not Greg trying to change things on his own power. Because it won't last if it's done in my, under my power. It will if Christ changes hearts. Distractions of always feeling like I need to win arguments. Distractions of loss of time, impurity, spending time online or watching shows when I could be using that time more effectively and honoring God in my thoughts instead. Distractions of wanting to be needed instead of needing to be faithful. Distractions of wanting praise instead of just being faithful. Distractions of looking for others' failures and sins instead of putting on Christ and loving those regardless of what they have done or what I think they have done to me, just as Christ did for me. Distractions of knowing all this and wondering at God's mercy and how hard it has been to teach about God's mercy with my own sins condemning me each day. All of this, the distraction of pride. This is the works of the law. 
things that I need to do to be better. So what's the book of Galatians all about? What's, what's, Paul, what's Paul's point? And all of this, this is our struggle. This is not, and, and you and me, many of us, most of us have been Christians for a long time. And this is still a struggle. Why? Well, were the Galatians new believers? Turn to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to walk us through Galatians a little bit because I want you to see that this is normal. It's not something that's unique to, to me. It's not something that's unique to the Galatians. It's something that you're going to struggle with day in and day out because it's natural to us. I marvel that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for another different gospel. Remember, he said at the beginning, that if you believe that your works keep you close to God, we act as if God's gospel isn't enough. It's a different gospel. And he spends the next chapter berating people who teach another gospel. So, folks, this not thinking that we're, this thinking that we have to be good enough is another gospel. Chapter 2, verse 16. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. It's where our faith is located. So it's not how good or how bad I was. It's my faith is in Christ, not in myself, not in the things that I've done, not in those things that I'm so worried about that I'm not doing right. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. Nothing you can do is going to make you good enough. Nothing you can do is going to bring you closer. And this ties back to the things that we've already talked about when we talked about Christ being the father of mercies. And the fact that his, his justice has to be satisfied before his mercy flows. But once his justice is satisfied, there's nothing left to pay a price for. You don't have to draw closer because you're as close as you can get. And then we jump to chapter 5. And this is where the tie-in to Romans 5 through 7 is so important. So... If you're wondering what I'm talking about after we finish today, go and read Romans 5 through 7 and see how this connection applies from Galatians to Romans. Chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, stand firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Verse 13. 
you were called to freedom, brothers. And this is the key. Do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. Verse 16, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. These things that I need to do to make myself good enough are part of the flesh. And we have been set free from those things. Now, how have we been set free? It takes us back to Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. So it's not Greg's doing these things to feel like he's closer to God. It's Christ living in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this ties right back to last week, folks. Ephesians chapter 4. Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, not Greg, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love for us. So this this law-ishness is natural. It's something that we're going to battle, but we have to keep reminding our law-ish heart that Christ has been crucified for me and his mercies are new he is the father of mercy he is rich in mercy and those things that i am worried about are things that he is not ultimately now he desires us to grow in sanctification yes but this is a positional point This is not about your growing to become more like Christ. This is your position. You are complete in Christ. And your heart needs to be molded to the fact that you are complete in Christ. And when your position is settled in your heart, that sanctification process becomes less of I need to do better and more loving Christ in every opportunity I'm giving. It's this reminder for us that every opportunity we're given, every uh, reading this book right now um, on loving one another, and it's a reminder that in our own hearts, We focus on ourselves. And we have to work 
to focus on those that are around us, to love those that are around us. And even in our own weaknesses, we still have to love those other people. We still have to care for and to ask the question, even when you don't feel like it. And that's the sp- and reminding ourselves that that's not us doing it. That's God's spirit in us doing it. Because if God's spirit wasn't in us doing it, we wouldn't desire to do that. We wouldn't want to do that. And that's what he talks about in Romans is my, my inner man desires to do these things. My flesh doesn't do these things. And it's that constant battle back and forth. But the fact that there's a desire to do these things is the spirit in you. Because left to your own heart, you would have no desire to do those things. So it's just a, it's, it's pulling all of these pieces that we've talked about from Matthew 18 all the way back at the beginning um, through Ephesians last week into Galatians to remind us that that law-ish heart is only because we're focused in the wrong place. We're focused here instead of on his rich in mercy and his love for us. And remember, this, only, this can only be true for you if Christ has truly called you, if you are truly repentant. Because unless you're repentant, your sins, the justice of God still has to be answered for. And only in Christ, we can look back instead of looking forward to what's coming. We can look back at Christ and say, he's already done it for me. Let's pray. Father, help us to stop seeing our lost hearts. And help us to start seeing that you are rich in mercy that you are the father of mercies and through your great love for us, you now only see us through your son. There is nothing left to pay for because Christ paid it all. Help us understand our position in you. Help us to see it. Help us to... To understand it enough that as we go through our weeks and the mistakes that we make and the sins that come across and our frustrations and our sufferings and our difficulties, that we can still look back to you and say, you, your mercies are new every morning. Help us to be thankful for those things. In Jesus' name, amen.